Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Awesome. Well, welcome to church. I'm uh, Pastor Aaron Perdue. This is my lovely wife, Pastor Heather. We are the associate pastors here, and um, this is our first time co-teaching. Uh oh. This looks good. And then I got, I sat down in the car and I was like, what is this? <laughs> so anyway, that's the elephant in the room. This right here. So you're not alone, ladies. Look, look, I just want to show you. Look. Isn't this beautiful? We're going to be talking about friendship tonight. And there is no way to hide from your friends. Y'all like that? Are y'all awake? Okay, just making sure. I really thought y'all would laugh a little bit harder at that. Thanks. I just like sacrificed my self-confidence for you, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's great to see everyone. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, if it's your first time here, sometimes we have first-time visitors on Wednesday night. Um, we want to welcome you. There we also are, um, want you to raise your hand. Is this your first time here? Yes, girl. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Awesome. It's a and, good um, night. Yeah, we do have we do have um, gifts for first time visitors. So the, a free, there's well, a, a free car. Maybe someday. Talk to Pastor Lawson. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, you can take one of those Connect cards there in the backs of the seats and and take it out there after service to the Connect Center, and um, they'll they'll give you your gift. Okay, and, we got uh, a lot to discuss. We do. Yeah, Heather. Heather, um, this has been on Heather's heart for a while. This is on my heart, heavy. And so I didn't even ask Aaron if I could speak with him. I just said, "Hey, it's happening. I'm going to speak with you next Wednesday night, and you better not cut me off." I don't think I will. The Nate back there running sound has the power just to mute. Hey, speaking me if, of, if needed, can you so. open? Can you open this for me? Okay, so um, God laid this on my heart um, pretty recently, like last week or the week before. Actually, probably before that, but I didn't know it was going to be a message. Uh, But here we are. So um, lots of people come to me and say, I can't get connected. I can't get connected here, or I want to get connected with you, or I can't, I have a hard time making friends, and all these are like valid reasons for be to be upset, right? Like, these are all things that people go through, right? Mm-hmm. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there before, so. It's hard to believe. But um, Heather, Heather has some great tips on just how, how to get connected. How, like, we're going to talk about just the importance of, of the local church yeah. and, and showing up consistently to church. You know, I, I, uh, I always had to go to church consistently. My dad was the pastor. But so this I, isn't really a message about, like, come to church or we're going to, like, call you and show up on your front doorstep and stuff like that. It's, um, it's, it's going to be, praise God, a very edifying, encouraging, fun message that's going to get you motivated to uh, see what God has in store for you. See the gifts. See God use the gifts that he's placed inside of you. Because did you know that God placed gifts inside of you? Did you know that? Every single one of you. Do you know what your gifts are? Maybe, maybe not. Wait, you got something to say? No, that's okay. good. Um, Tell them your title for the okay, message. Okay, so my title, oh, I want to kind of wanted to okay. save it. But my title is, oh, is it up? Oh, well, they, what's they in it. it for me? What's in this thing for me? Sorry, I thought it was already up. No, it wasn't up yet. Okay. I'm new to this. They were waiting for you to declare the title. I'm sorry, I don't know like the codes, okay? So, um, so God needs you, okay? Uh, Psalm 92.13 says, you go ahead. Yeah, um, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And um, to me, that word planted, it doesn't mean just show up, you know, once in a while or yeah. just show up, run in late, you know, leave early, don't talk to anyone, don't smile at anyone, don't. It, planted means to like, put some roots there in the ground to be invested, to be committed you know a lot to about planting, planting, planting. Yeah. It's a little hard to plant things in Colorado it's, it's with, with wind and the wind. <laughs> negative 20 degrees and blizzards. And, okay. So um, I have a story about being planted. Um, so before I moved here, um, a lot of you know my story. I'm not going to really get into much of that, but, um, 
I had a big, big life-altering event. My husband passed away, and I decided I'm going to move to Colorado and go to Karis Bible College because um, I'm going to try doing life God's way, right? Uh, but before I moved, I was dealing with the loss of a husband, and I had just, I put my, I was dealing with grief, but I was believing I wasn't going to go through grief because we don't have to go through certain things in life, but I went through it. <laughs> And um, I tried to do me because my friend, not just my friends, they meant well, okay? I love my friends. But they would say, you just need to do you. You know, you've been through so much. Just do you. Just do you. You know what happens when you do you? You get you into some trouble. And um, I was doing me to the fullest extent of the law. And um, I was suffering really bad with anxiety, with depression, with just lots of things. and uh, But the whole time I knew that I was going to come to Karis Bible College, so I just needed to separate myself. And the day finally came when I separated myself. Oh, wait, let me back up. So I was in this, like, hole, right? And um, I didn't want anybody to know, like, the things that I was doing because I, I was doing it to myself. You know, sin will make you isolate yourself. Sin will make you beat yourself up. Sin will, because God's not doing that to us, you know. God, God's not the accuser of the brethren. And so... Um, Self-righteousness causes people to isolate, oh, too. Yeah. Like, I'm better than everyone else. and Well, and also makes people like me not want to come to church and be around self-righteous people. We're not yeah. self-righteous people, okay? <clears throat> so, but anyway, I heard um, Pastor Lawson, even though I was going through all these things, even though I was going to bars and drinking and... I was on anxiety medication, but it was more of like a recreational thing for me at the time. Um, And um, because I was just doing me, right? And I was even in relationships that I had no business being in. And I just felt like I was in a bottomless pit. But God, I heard Pastor Lawson on a podcast. And um, he said, you know, it is not God's will to expose your sin. It is not God's will to... um, fought you around and say, oh, what a sinner you are, you know, and when, when I heard him say that, I was like, God, if that's the case, then I want out of this. Get me out of here. If you're not going to tell everybody the bad stuff that I've been doing, help a girl out, right? And so I, um, at, from that moment on, I decided I'm going to just start seeking God, and it took me a little bit. It took me moving across the country, but I ended up coming to Karis Bible College, but I was just as excited to start serving at Karis Christian Center before I came here, before I even knew anyone. And um, my parents helped me move here for a week. Um, They helped me get settled in. And then the second week I was here is when I came to church on Sunday and I checked my kid into Karis Kids and I met Lynn Bloss who is now our youth pastor, not sorry, children's pastor. And um, I became friends with her, and I'm like, where can I help you? Where can, just put me somewhere. And um, I was just here all the time. And I made friends, I made friends, she was, she turned into my friend, and then I made several other friends after that. And being planted, like this scripture says, helped me to flourish, and the rest is history. Awesome. So here I am. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, God really wants you to flourish, and um, part, part of his destiny for you is through relationships. You know, your, your destiny is, is tied to your relationships. God has spoke that to me before, but like where he wants to get you, his divine destiny, he, he, he does that through relationships. You're not going to get where he wants to get you without relationships. Well, God never does anything alone. No. You know? No, he's a, he's a relational God, and he's created us to be relational as well. And um, so that's kind of the focus of, of what Heather wants to share tonight. But God really wants you to, to flourish. And he really, I, I believe, I wrote this down. Heather gave me her notes and then asked me to kind of do my Pastor Aaron thing and organize it into a nice, pretty Just outline. Just organize it. Don't so so it she, she, she loved. <laughs> you did well. When I put my, you know, doctorate of music, you know, expertise to, to, to well, all this, but, but um, I, I, I thought, you know, God, God really wants you to experience the joy yes. of relationships. God wants you to, like, God, God, that's the first thing he did. He wanted to have a relationship with Adam, and he saw Adam needed more relationship with, with 
other people like himself, so he gave him Eve. And um, God, God wants, wants there to be relational joy. I think the enemy tries to fight that constantly and just cause people to, to isolate and, and to be hurt and to withdraw and, and um, just to, to lose, lose their grounding, um, which, which in turn, you lose that path to his divine destiny that he has for you. Um, but God really wants you to experience relational joy. And um, everyone here, God, God, God has a plan for you. You, you. you aren't created just to be on your own. That's right. That's right. Yeah, God, God needs you. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and, and that's tied to someone else who needs you as well. Yeah. So. Because he doesn't want it to just be about us. Yeah. Right? And... Um, you know, I was thinking about just this verse in Hebrews 10, verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So by coming together, we're supposed to exhort each other. We're supposed to build each other up. So even if, if you, you know. Or you could say it this way. When you come together, you will be exhorted. There's lots of times where I'm like, I do not want to go to church. Do y'all feel like that? I must be the only one. I wake up, I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me. I got to get these kids ready by myself. And I'm yelling at them. I'm like, get in the car. But, it, 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 but when I get here, I'm yeah. built up. Because there's a corporate anointing, right? There is, yeah. There is. And it's really powerful. Big time, yeah. There I, are um, things that God wants to accomplish in our lives that we're never going to get to unless we get a revelation of, of the corporate church, of like how important it is for you to be planted, plugged in, planted, and come into church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really huge. But I love that, just exhorting. So I, I think God wants us to be encouraged, exhorted by coming together. But one thing you can do when you come around other believers is, is who can I exhort? Who can I encourage? Oh, who can yeah. I? God, show me someone that, that needs extra exhortation today. Okay, who here is outgoing? Who's an extrovert? Oh, keep your hands up. Okay, if you're extroverted, you're going to keep your hands up. Yeah, so all of y'all, guess what your job is? Go hunt them down. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. But really, you can. You can say, Lord, who needs needs some encouragement, God? Mm -hmm. Who needs some... uh, who needs to be blessed financially? Have you ever thought about just getting a couple of $5 Dutch Bros, because I do not like Starbucks, uh, Dutch Bros gift cards, and bringing them to church and saying, hmm, Lord, who could I bless this? Who could I bless with this? Mm-hmm. Or $10 or 200 awesome. or... Yeah. I'll take the 200 but um, I, like, I like in Hebrews 10.25, it says you need to do this more and more as you see the day. That's talking about the day that Christ returns. You need to do it more and more. Why? Because the world's probably going to get more and more discouraging. Oh, it is. It's really so, sad. So you're going to be needing to come together more and more and really being intentional with, with encouraging other believers mm-hmm. and, and coming together as believers. And um, Proverbs 18.1. Yeah, this is great, too. Um, I heard... I heard Someone who's very spiritual said, I, I'm, no, that God's no. calling people into what? isolation. And I said, no, God is not calling people into isolation. No, he's really not. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. God is not causing people into isolation right now. God is not causing you into isolation. He's not causing you to, to go Hide in a cave to go, to, to just isolate yourself. Oh, I like uh, verse two, uh, 18 too. It says, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. That's a, that's a pro tip, a good mm-hmm. friend pro tip. Yeah. Like maybe we should listen a little bit more instead of express, I am guilty of that. Maybe the Lord is, <laughs> sorry. Anyways. Yeah. That's good. It is good. We should listen more and not worry about expressing our own hearts so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, this is really good too. I've, I've had to explain to Fisher. Fisher tells me, to be honest. And then he blurts out the most um, He'll say, just to be, just to be honest. Just to be honest. That zit on your face really messes up what you have going on. Like, 
And so I've had to tell him, you, you wouldn't believe it, but there are actually people that, that need a little coaching in this area, my son being one of those, um, that just, just because something might be true at the moment doesn't mean we have to express it right away. Mm-hmm. That's not in the notes. That's good. That's, that's good. What? That's very good. Are you saying I like you it. should practice what you preach? That's probably what you're thinking. No, no, not at all. He gets it from you, Heather. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I, love, I love what you wrote, what God put in your heart, too, about learn how to crucify the flesh. Yeah, I've had to learn. And you should practice this at church so you can be a good witness when you go out to unbelievers. Yeah, just learn on us. <clears throat> um, or let but us I, learn I, um, on you. <laughs> I kind of thought about this. Um, so, like, the joy that comes from relationships, the joy that comes from a congregation, you know, like the Bible says, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. So I think... God, God loves that gladness. He, he wants you to feel freshened and just encouraged. And I was glad when they said, and the enemy tries to attack that. And um, one way he, he tries to do that is, is just by stirring up people's flesh. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and some people think they're, they're very spiritual, but yes. they just. Oh, tell them a story about like when we got engaged or something like that. We had many, many spiritual pe- people come to us and say the most profound things that were not from God whatsoever. And we had to learn how to just let it go. You, did you know not everybody here is perfect and somebody is going to tick you off? Like somebody is going to say something ugly to you or, and they don't even mean to. I think this is truly something that God has gifted me with. I have, I have a friend that, um, back in Tennessee, back before I even moved here, she would, uh, she told me one time, we were at like a dinner with several other girls and um, another girl was talking about this other person that they didn't like or whatever. And I'm like, I don't really know her. I think I think I like her, she's fine. And they said, Heather, you like everybody. And I'm like, well, I don't know her. You know, some people get irritated just by the way you look. It irritates them. It's true. Did you ever, y'all ever seen Mean Girls? I have. You have? Oh, you have? I've seen it. So, (laughs) I actually haven't, but I figured it was a good example to use. But yeah, like there's been so many people that have come come in and out of church and they don't come here anymore, but I see them like out and about and I'm like, hey, where you been? Oh, so-and-so said something to me and it was just ugly. And I'm like, honey, get in the boat. Like, people say ugly things to us constantly, don't they? Mm -hmm. That's true. It's constant. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Learn to crucify the flesh. I've I've heard this terminology before, but church hurt. Church hurt, yeah. They're dealing with church hurt, and I'm like... I use that as a a marketing. I think pastors (laughs) probably deal with more church hurt than about anybody. Well, first of all, Jesus did. But Jesus dealt with the most, big time. And secondly, pastors do. And then everybody does. Everybody does. So don't let the devil isolate you and tell you that your hurt is worse than so-and-so's hurt. And what you're going through is worse than what this person is going through. And don't, his whole scheme is to divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. That is it. He just wants to divide you and conquer your marriage, your friends, your mom and daughter relationship, your whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's a jerk. Okay. Um, but when, when, when I saw in your notes that you said learn to crucify the flesh, I was just thinking about when people's flesh isn't crucified, which I have many stories of seeing people's flesh that is uncrucified. You got one of your own? I, well, I can't. I have to wait till like the statute of limitations is over for me to share all my <laughs> Pastor Aaron's stories. Um, but but these two things happen when the flesh isn't crucified. Two things. These two things pop up. Pride. Pride. James four verse six and seven. But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what does the devil try to tempt you with? With pride. Mm-hmm. Resist the devil. Resist the pride he's trying to stir up in you because he's trying to drive you away from God's grace in your life. So pride pops up. So, so resist the devil. Resist his temptations for pride. So what does pride look like sometimes? Sometimes it looks like, um, well, that's not fair to me. 
sometimes it's like, the, well, they didn't listen to my idea. They didn't go with my idea, so I'm, I'm quitting. I voted for green carpet, and they picked gray carpet, so. Well, I don't like that song you played tonight. I like the ones with the fiddle. And y'all don't even have a fiddle at this church. And I didn't know that. And if I didn't know that, I sure wouldn't have come here. Well, there's... I mean, it you, is, You're just you terrible about reaching out to young people. And I look around, and there's not even a single young person. They're just all gray heads everywhere I look. <laughs> Up on this stage tonight, there's only one person with gray hair. Aaron Skaggs. Hey, I have gray too, Aaron. It's good. Aaron, this Aaron actually has gray too, but he's in denial, but it's fine. <laughs> Pride. All right, the other one, the other Pride thing comes, that pops up. Yeah, okay. The other thing that pops up is um, offense and bitterness. Don't take the Which, bait. Yeah. So, Hebrews 12:15 says, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace. Again, God wants grace to be at work in your life. Yes, he wants to give more yes. grace to the humble. He doesn't want you to sh fall short of grace, but pride is one way to hinder the grace of God in your life. And also the root of bitterness that springs up, causing mm -hmm. trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Mm -hmm. It is something you have to deal with on a daily basis. These two things, right? Am I right? It's every single day. Mm -hmm. big, big time. Yeah, I could... In my life. I've talked to Heather, too, just about how, how some people have shown their flesh and, and exhibited their, their offense and bitterness. And, and um, you know, I, I have to be careful myself. I... I Every, every day I have to say, I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to be offended. I'm, I'm not. Can I, tell I'm you, not. can I tell you how many times? Okay, y'all know. That's a great confession. That should be on a confession card. That, right we should, I, that needs to be at our house <laughs> on the fridge. And we might do that when we get home. So um, I'm not joking. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <sighs> Maybe it'll come back. Yeah, the train, the train will come back. <laughs> this is this is a good one. Wait, you talked I'm, about. I'm, I'm afraid. I, okay, um, I'm not afraid, but I really want can, that God could, to come back. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Anyway, it's gone. All right. Common hurdles to get over to overcome, right? Mm -hmm. Self condemnation. I kind of touched on that already. Mm -hmm. um, we are not condemning you. Okay. Nobody in this room or in this church is perfect. Mm -hmm. Period. And if my in-laws can accept me <laughs> as the mess that I was in, listen, his parents are two of the most gracious people I have ever met in my entire life. True pastors, true examples of just loving people that I don't want to love sometimes. Sometimes they love people and I'm like, don't love them. Don't love them. Pastor Lawson and Barbara, you know if you're watching this. They, they, I, are. they are. I, they are watching so it. So be careful. Okay. No, I'm not going to be careful. I, and me, I'm not going to say anything ugly. It's no, all but they, no, but I'm trying to say that I love them because they've taught me that mm. being just watching them and talking with them and seeing how they handle themselves in hard situations, they are like rocks. I have never... I can't say enough about them. They are wonderful people. You are in a good spot. So what I'm saying is, whatever you're going through right now, just bring it into the light. Whatever's in the dark, just bring it into the light. Nobody's going to condemn you. The devil's going to try to, but once you bring it into the light, like all the mess that I was in, I didn't want anybody to know about, and now I sit on a stage and just tell everybody about it. That is grace. No, that is the grace of God. That's what he can do for you. He can, he can completely, the blood of Jesus can completely cleanse your soul, complete, your soul, your mind, your will, your want to, and your emotions. He can completely cleanse you, but you have to bring it to the light. And part of that is just coming to church and getting to know people. And don't be scared. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, another hurdle you mentioned overcome, you mentioned shyness. We yeah, kind of touched on some other stuff. Page? That's on the next page, yeah. Oh, oh wow. We need to get with it. Okay. I know. I'm... Yeah, shyness. 
So all of y'all that are, did not raise your hand, who's an introvert? Introvert. You need to get over yourself. Okay. Did you know Andrew Womack said this, so don't get mad at me. It's a form of pride. Did you know that? I love you. If, raise your hand one more time. Raise your hand. I love y'all. Okay. Don't be, don't be mad at me. Get mad at Andrew. No, God doesn't, you don't have to be fearful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you. You have a purpose. You have a gift that the body of Christ needs. And that's why the enemy wants to tell you, you're introverted. Don't even say that about yourself anymore. Don't. Okay. This is a good one, too. A common hurdle to overcome is having a critical spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Just constantly criticizing. All these except the introvert part. All of them. I'm not introverted. So, the you know having a critical spirit that that is not a um, spiritual can, gift. No. God showed me something really cool about ninety five percent of charismatic believers think they have the gift of discernment. And it's criticism. <laughs> But oftentimes it's so. So the, the gifts of the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit gives gifts, it, it's to minister to people, to encourage and edify and build up. Yes. To 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 minister to to be a witness of that that message of reconciliation oh, to people, good. to minister God's love and compassion and heart for people. It's not to ever chop people off. It's to draw people in. In, into fellowship, into Jesus, into that, that's, that's how the Holy Spirit ministers. So if, if, if what you think is, is prophetic and, and profound and spiritual is, is pushing people away and pushing yourself away because all these people aren't as smart as me or as spiritual as me or as holy as me, that, that's, that's actually not a good thing. And it's not a God thing. It's a flesh thing. I repent. No, I have that little, that little critical thing wants to flare up at me sometimes. You are a very gracious husband. Most of the time. No, you're very, very gracious. So, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um. God bless you. <laughs> Okay. Well, so, so yeah, and um, if, if you're if you're just kind of critical, are, are people going to want to be around you? Like Heather, if I if I came home from work, and I just make my list of oh my gosh, the house isn't clean. You know, just just make my list of criticisms. Is that going to draw you closer to me? No. Or is it going to disconnect? So if you just go around with your little, I'm going to leave all these Yelp reviews for all the churches I visit and, <laughs> and uh, let me leave all my Google reviews. It's funny to read Google reviews of churches because okay, there, there's don't. a lot of <clears throat> experts out there apparently on all things church related. Wow, this, we're only on point number two. This is, this is good too. This is something that um, a teacher taught me once. Um, I had a really great teacher in my undergrad um, who just kind of taught me early on how to deal with criticism, like, as a musician, which, like, she, she played principal flute in the New York, New York Philharmonic for decades, and um, at the age of 22, she was appointed, like, principal flute of the Montreal Symphony, the only um, principal um, female in that orchestra. She was the first in its history, and she was just constantly criticized Everything she did, she was criticized. And that there are, you know, in music, in the field of music, there are people who are paid critics. They just what go to concerts job. and criticize you. They're paid to, to man, there would well, be some people who'd like to be a church critic well, and be paid to no, write the reviews. Gosh, no. um, we have, there's food critics too. There are, yeah. But she said, you know, Aaron, there are critics out there, but you, you are the one who's getting up on the stage and doing it. Amen. That's good. And that kind of ties to your next point on how to connect is, is to, to serve. Just jump in and do it. Yeah. And um, recently, I was talking to a girl, <clears throat> a girl, and she's like, well, I, 
she she was telling me she had a hard time getting connected. And I said, well, did you serve? And she was like, well, yeah, I did. But I realized after talking to her, she wasn't serving in the right place. So just because you've served one one place and maybe it, you, maybe it didn't fit right, mm-hmm. maybe you should try another place. Mm-hmm. I have literally just about done it all. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and it says... Be flexible. Did you say that already? No, I didn't. So you have to be flexible. I went to um, the Dominican Republic on my mission trip. And while as they were training us at CBC to get ready to go on our mission trip, they pounded in our heads, be flexible, be flexible, be flexible, be flexible, be flexible, because you are going to get worked to death for one. And you're probably going to have to do things you don't want to do. Listen, serving in the church is not, it ain't, okay, can I just feel a southern? It ain't rainbows and butterflies all the time. No. Right. No. And can I just tell you, Pastor Lawson and Barbara, they've been pastoring this church for how many years now? 21. And can you believe that I would have the audacity to think that I could do it better sometimes? I'm just being real with you. Because these are things I'm bringing to the light because everybody deals with thinking, oh, I could do this better. If you would only listen to me, your church would blow up. No, I'm just kidding. Like, it, no, it would blow up in a bad way if you only listen to me because I have no idea what I'm doing. But I, there's been so many times where I think, well, we should do this or we should do that or we should do this or we should do that. And in the beginning, when I was extremely green and had no idea, like, about church, really, in general, um, I, they would shoot me down, and of course, I'd have to go to the corner and pout for a minute, and then I'd get over myself. Um, but then I would realize, like, it, everything would unfold, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad they did not listen to me. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad they know how to hear from God. Can you believe that? And also, if have you ever thought, have if, you ever done that too? You know, maybe, maybe this is your church home. Maybe, maybe you're watching this, and, and another church is your church home. But um, no church does everything right all the time. Amen. Can everybody say and, amen? And amen. it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, God, God is the one that needs to build the house. Yeah. Build, build things ultimately. And He does. He does, and it's it's amazing to see that He gives grace to the humble the humble and he resists the proud yeah it's true i don't want god resisting me i need all the help i can get okay so um okay how to connect serve we've we've touched on Co- that Do you yeah and I, I like this here um we're gonna prob- we're good i think we'll we'll be okay okay all right I'll proverbs eighteen sixteen. this is really great i like this we, we both talked about this verse but it says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men mm. what um, gift what kind of gift it could be any it doesn't specify that's the beauty gift of or that like a spiritual gift or it could be any any type of it could be any type of gift it could be financial it could be your talent it could be your heart, it could be your, your gift to encourage others. Um, it could be, you know, I think you are serving here your second week here helping check-in kids at the, at the check-in desk, and that's where I noticed you. Your gift brought you before a great man. <laughs> okay, we're all going to go home now. Show's over. That is funny. You should be a comedian. No, you really are a great man. That's really funny, though. I never really thought of it like that, but... Oh, my gosh. I like your point here. Okay. Wear a smile. That's good. Yeah. Just be a warm person. And fake it if you have to. Don't be a fake person. Just fake your Some people's resting face is just kind of angry looking, so... (laughs) Resting angry face. (laughs) Yeah. You you need to be intentional. You know, I'm I'm even kind of... My my face can go like that sometimes. So I'm like thinking when you're talking, I can't... It's hard. What's what's my face doing right now? I look back at pictures and I'm like, do I ever smile? Without looking weird? Okay. Um... (laughs) Uh, okay, oh, Proverbs great. 18, that's 24 beautiful. is, a man who has friends must, 
himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer to a brother. That's good. Sticks closer than a brother, not to a brother. Be intentional about talking to people and actually listening. I kind of talked about that's, that. That's one of Heather's pet peeves is when she's talking to someone, Ooh, especially that. someone who's super spiritual. Oh, I hate that. And they, just they, don't talk to me. They're then. just spaced out and no. looking in the okay, wrong we're gonna direction. Right yeah. Okay. Hi, Pastor Aaron. I really enjoyed your message so much. Um, where did you get that inspiration from? Hello, hello, hello. I, that is terrible. So I always, and I notice when people come up to me and try to talk to me, they, um, they're looking at me, and I am tempted, okay? So I'm just saying good people can do this without even knowing. I'm not trying to beat people up. But you are tempted to be like, squirrel, you know, like look around. But and I'm like, no, I'm going to listen to you. But yeah, it's a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. We live in such a fast-paced world. It's just so easy, you know, to just mm-hmm. get off track. Do you yeah, want to read all of Titus? Um, I, I, God kind of put this on my heart from Titus too. So one thing, one thing God's kind of shown me about churches is um, every church is different. And, and, and like churches have different strengths to different areas that they're called to minister to. So, um, so like this church doesn't have to have the same focus as another church. Yes, comparison. Like this, this church just due due to just the the DNA of this church and the DNA of our pastor. It, it's it's a very bold church. It's very bold on faith. Very bold on grace. Very bold on the Word of God. Very bold on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Very bold on, on God's will to heal you. And, um, and, and just to, to encourage people to step out and, and do big things, to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. So some things that, that flow at other churches don't really flow with that here. And that doesn't make one better or worse than the other one. No. Because God needs them all. He does. And, um, you know, so some churches might, might just have it on their heart to, to really have an Exhort. emphasis on homeless ministry or on a big emphasis on missions or a big emphasis like on worship or a big... And, and, and things change over time, and it's, it's based upon who the, who the pastor is, but also who, who, who is here, mm-hmm. what are their giftings, and who, who is stepping up to the plate. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, like, we, we, we have great worship here because we have great people stepping up to the plate. Yes. Willing to show up and practice their violin, learn those hard licks for a new song. You know, that, that's a little daring to do on a Wednesday night with not much practice. And, but we, we, have, we have, it's from the people here. That's you know, what so, I love so about So people have come up to me and say, Aaron, you need to have, this church should have, if this is a real church or something like that, you should have a Spanish ministry. I, this is a real comment. This, this one's past the statute of limitations, so I can. <laughs> what do you do for I'm Spanish ministry right. here? And I'm like, well, do you speak Spanish? Maybe if you came here a few times and didn't act crazy, I could appoint you to start. Did you say Sorry. I didn't actually say that. That was, that was going on. That was the dialogue in my mind at the time. My new idea is if you have an idea, you're going to champion it. That's going to be your baby. If the pastors say it's okay and not me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to be careful. But, um, <laughs> pastor, people are going to start calling pastor. Hey, pastor, I have this idea. Can you, I don't know, do. But, like, but sometimes the, a church take, takes a certain shape, you know, um, you know, I've heard all types of philosophies about church, like church has to be in homes only, or church has to, you know, because um, that's how the early church did. They met in homes. Well, well, like, they would die if they went and worshiped together in a group larger than 20. So there's probably, you know, there's certain reasons why things happened at different times. You know, also 3,000 people were gathered, you know, thousands of people were gathered together, and they did church at the same time when the church was born. You know, the, the, the day the church was born, it was a mega church service. Are you trying to tell me it's okay to be a mega church? It's, it's okay. It is? And it's, it's okay for, for churches to take place in homes. I think, yeah, this all goes back to the critical thing. Yeah. Like we, and these are all, like, I feel like this is kind of a, 
really heavy message, but these are all things that I've had to deal with. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've had to deal yeah. with them too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. No, right? I, um, you know, when I, when I went to college, um, when I was 18, I had a, it was the first time in my life I had to church shop. I've never had to church shop before. I just was told where to go to church. And this is... Me too. <laughs> um, but for, for a few months, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have a church home. And it was really hard on my heart oh. not having a church home. And, um, you know, I was going to school in Pittsburgh at the time. I didn't have a car. And um, th there was a church a little bit outside of Pittsburgh in the north area where it was a good church. Um, some of the students... Actually, one of, one of the deans of Carnegie Mellon, um, his daughter was a student, and, and they went to the church, and, and I was going to get rides with her, but she, she just kind of flaked out and stopped going to church. Um, so I, I lost my ride there. And then I found another, like a big church in town, but um, one of the first messages I heard there was just a very legalistic message. And, um, and it wasn't the place for you. It wasn't the place for me. And um, I, I ended up finding a, a small church in the South Hills of, of Pittsburgh. Um, the pastor had, had gone to Rama years before. And just the moment, it was very hard for me to get there. I had to take two buses to get there. I had to take a bus to get to downtown. And then another bus that went out to and that suburb. I was 18. Mm, I hope Fisher and that, would ever do that. And that um, but... second bus that went out there, it only ran every two hours. So if, if I missed it or something, I, you know, it, it wasn't the greatest yeah, you didn't form have of Uber. But, but I, I made it out there, and um, it, it took like an hour and a half to get there with the two buses. But right, and, and then I had to walk up a hill from the bus stop to get up to the church. It was, and I think it was at least a half mile walk. Uh, but when I got there, just the moment I walked through the door, God just told me, this is your home. And I just started crying Aww. right then, because I knew I, I, I made it home. And um, this um, older woman um, greeted me, and... Um, I, I just knew I was home, and I just, like, gave her a hug. And I, I wasn't crying at this point, so I didn't look like a crazy person. But I, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm a student from Carnegie Mellon, and I'm really excited to be here. And I said, just pardon me, I have to leave early. You know, church was starting at 10. But, you know, the bus, I just said, the bus comes down there at the bottom of the hill at 1130, and if I miss that one, it doesn't come until 1.30. And I, I don't want to wait, you know, two hours for this return bus. And she said, well, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll give you a ride home today. And um, she, she actually gave me a ride home. Her and another woman gave me a ride home every Sunday from then on out. And that was actually the pastor's mother, um, who, even though it's a smaller church, she, she was um, one of the lead uh, ministers for the Aglow ministry. She, she actually led Aglow um, tours to Israel. She, she's led over like 30 tours to Israel wow. herself. So she has a, a very, she has a lot of things on her plate. And um, the other woman... Um, she had a lot of things on her plate, but yet she helped you get to and from. Yeah, the other woman, um, she was pro she's now 90 and works full-time for the church. Like, she, she worked for the church when I was there, but she's 90, and she looks like she's 60. I showed you a picture of her. Yeah. Um, she would always give me a ride, and um, it was just me and one other young adult in that church. But I, I was ministered so much there, you just between these, these two... Wait, you got connected there? I did. I think the, ne the next Sunday I started playing my flute there. And, um, you know, because, because of the bus situation, like I get dropped off. I think church started at 10. It dropped me off at like 9.50. And if I like ran up the hill, I could get there right at 10. But, but they just kind of told people at the church, hey, if you see that redheaded kid walking up the hill, <laughs> pick, pick him, him up. up. So, so people would usually pick me up. <laughs> They would, they would even drive behind the bus. They would see that the 41B, Bower Hill. I still remember that bus because if I missed that, I was in trouble. The 41B. And they, they, if they saw that bus, they'd drive behind it because I knew I'd be getting off and I need, need a ride up there to... Yeah. So this reminds me of a point that um, I was thinking of earlier in that a lot of times we have preconceived notions of what our friendships have to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, that it has to be um, a girl the same age as me. She has to have two kids. She has to be a stay-at-home mom, but maybe work a little on the side. Like, no. 
That is dumb. That's who's going to minister to me. That's who's going to minister to me. God likes to, to use me. unusual. God, no, first of all, yeah. God wants to use you to minister to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's where the blessing is. That's where you will get fed is when you decide, hey, maybe I have a warped, uh, a warped idea of what this is, friendship is supposed to be. It's actually you, God, what can I pour into someone else? Who can I pour into? And when you do that, guess what happens? You get double back. When I was walking through grief and all of that garbage, um, and I moved here and I got here and I'm planted, you know, I started realizing you actually preached a message where you talked about this, about how when you actually are uh, in need of something, if you will just give, you know, the world wants to tell you, oh, your cup is empty. You don't have anything to give. But we're believers. And God says when we are weak, he makes us strong. So your cup is never empty unless you want to decide it's empty. Just like when, he had the, when Jesus had the five loaves and two fish, he, he, he only had a little, but he blessed it, and it multiplied. Uh, yeah, so, I think where you're going with this is... Um, Find someone who has who has a need like you do and minister to that need. Yes. So if you're dealing with depression, find someone who's dealing with depression and, and encourage them. Yes. And God's going to give you a supernatural oh, grace. Oh, it is amazing. Yes. You know, if, if you're struggling financially and you need minister to that way, find someone to, to bless to. financially. Yes. I remember when I, I first started believing God for, for, for miracles in my finances and I, I barely had enough money to eat. God pointed out someone next to me at church and said, they're struggling financially. Give them everything in your wallet. Yeah, and this person... And I did. Yeah, and this person might not be um, your age. They might be a lot older. They might be five years old. Mm-hmm. You know? God doesn't... God just... He's looking to and fro, mm-hmm. searching to show himself strong through someone. Yeah. Amen. And I actually learned that kind of concept um, when I went to Lakewood Church. So... You know, I went to a smaller church in Pittsburgh. It was around 100 people or so. And then when I went to Houston. Um, I went to Rice University there. And, and um, I, I tried out a few churches there. And then I visited Lakewood. And um, at first, I wasn't sure if that was where I wanted to be. But I felt God say, no, you need, you need to be here. There's a purpose for you being here. I want you here. And I almost felt guilty about it because it was just like a two-minute drive from my apartment to Lakewood. And I had a car, and like I had been like suffering for Jesus for four years, riding this bus an hour and a half each, you know. That's why he gave you a close church. And then, and then, but God, but you and then this church, church looks very different than the last one. And, um, but, but God ministered to me there. And um, um, one thing, that I, I learned that principle from, from Joel Osteen's sister, uh, Lisa Comas Osteen. So she, she grew up, you know, going uh, in a great, with a great dad, um, John Osteen, who, who preaches, the way he preaches is very similar to Lawson Purdue's preaching style. Um, so she, she grew up and just loved church, loved being a part of a pastor. Her, her goal in life was to marry a preacher someday. And I think she, she, at a young age, married a preacher, and then within a month, he just completely left her. Just one month in, abandoned her, left her, divorced her, and she, she just uh, moved back home and just dealt with major depression. She didn't want to come out of her bedroom, didn't want to, didn't want to eat, didn't want to, like, for, for a month she was dealing with this. And um, God put it on her heart to start a ministry to divorced people. And, and she, she stepped up and did that, and she didn't want to do it, didn't feel it. But she said, God just healed me because I stepped out and, and, and tried to minister to other people who had the same That's hurt. Awesome. And Yeah. I didn't want to get married to you. She didn't. <clears throat> no, I didn't. And I was, listen, you, God often is going to tell you to do something you don't want to do. So just get comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Just chew on it for a minute. Um, I had to learn the hard way. No, I'm going to read this real quick. Okay. Oh, do we got to end? Like soon? In a minute, we'll end. You can, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. All right. Here. So anyway, I didn't want to get married to Aaron. And um, God told me, I was sitting in Karis Bible College, and I said, Lord, if this is you, my goodness, I, I'm tired. I, I've learned one thing. I don't want to do it my way anymore. That's, yeah, I don't want to do it my way anymore, God, because your, your plan is literally so much more fun and so much better for me. And so I was sitting in Karis Bible College, and um, 
Turn to uh, Philippians 2.13 real quick. And I'm going to give you something to underline in your Bible if you don't already have it underlined. So we were sitting in class, and all of a sudden, um, I was like, Lord, I just, I like Aaron. He's a really nice guy, but, like, he is not my type. And, um, you know, I'm just not, no, I'm just not feeling it, you know. He's just not the one for me, God. You got you got me. You got it wrong. Sorry. And um, this teacher, I don't even remember what he was teaching about, but he read this. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So what that means is God is the one that will place desires in your heart. And you just kind of have to get out of the way. So as he, I, as he was reading that, he, God told me this. I wrote it down in the back of my Bible. And it says, if you say yes to God, he will create the desire in your heart. Walk by faith. Give up your life to the will of God, and you will not regret it. I have a great plan for you, greater than you could ever ask or think. Be obedient, for my plans aren't what you think you want now, but they're actually what I know you need. Out of this plan, many lives will be changed, not just yours. It is never about your own life, but about others. And that gets me every single time I read it at the very end, because Really, God, God knew what I needed. He knew I needed mega, mega healing. And it all came through me ditching my own plans and saying, God, if this is your will, I'm, I'm laying it down. I'm laying my flesh down. And did it feel good at that moment? No. But the next day, I woke up, and I saw Aaron. I was like, huh, he's pretty cute. <laughs> He's a pretty cute guy. But you know what? It was Jesus on the inside of him. You are a walking picture of Jesus. You are a very good, you are a very good gift to me. So anyway, so that, so I'm just telling you to say um, that a lot of times God's going to ask us to do things we don't want to do, but I promise you it's so worth it. Coming to church is so worth it, okay? Putting up with me is so worth it. (laughs) Putting up with Pastor Aaron and Pastor Lawson, and especially Pastor Lawson. I love you, Pastor Lawson, but he will straight up pick your food right off your plate. I don't know if you know that about him, but you're just like, get off my plate. Bonnie. That's one of her pet peeves as well. (sighs) She's been been trying to teach me Southern etiquette. Y'all are learning. Even Pastor Lawson knows when he comes to the, he said, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not going to pick off your plate or pick off the, it's so funny. No, but I love y'all. I love, Pastor Lawson, I love you. I wouldn't change you for nothing. You're great. Awesome. I know. Awesome. Is that my cue to? Yeah, let's, let's. So we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. Okay, Actually, so, do you want to conclude? Yeah, I'll conclude. And then I'll pray. So when it comes, well, offering, when it comes to church, God has a lot of benefits for you. So it's okay to say what's in it for me because he has a lot in it for you. Those benefits are not accessed the way you think. They're actually accessed by you serving and giving of yourself. Until you get that revelation, because it is a revelation, you will always say, I can't get connected or I can't make friends. But I know that you're leaving here tonight with some great revelation. Mm -hmm. I know you're watching online and you've gotten some great revelation Mm -hmm. and you're motivated. Are you motivated? Were you guys blessed by this or not? You can be honest. We're friends here, right? That's awesome. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.